Welcome to True Baloney. We are really happy to be back here after taking a little bit of a break this summer. And we're back for season two. And we've got a great guest for you today. We'll introduce him in just a minute. I'm George. I'm Peter. And uh, as always, contact us on Twitter at True Baloney. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your complaints about how we say um too much or I go into the microphone too much. got the foam things over the microphone. It's (laughs) supposed to take care of the smacking yeah yeah and it's it's great we're very professional here anti-smack yeah we're anti we're we're anti-smack dick durbin was on about anti-smack recently in the news wasn't he never mind yeah all right so no that was great never mind that was bad (laughs) okay let's go ahead and introduce our guest let's do and thank you for being here our guest today is ran and uh, he has a distinguished career as a um um I'm sorry. What's what's the word? You have served the people and continue public servant to yeah. serve the people. A public servant. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, no. As I was keep 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 going. You're doing you're doing. I'm good. doing a great job doing- <laughs> today. So anyway, welcome to the show. Thank Rand. you. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Yeah. And um, so now you and I have talked about the connection we have being Southsiders yes, in Chicago yes. because you grew up there and yeah. my grandparents grew up there, but they kept taking me back. And okay. we've talked about Italian beef and Italian oh, ice. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm a native of Chicago, born there mm-hmm. and lived there until in my teens and then relocated to Southern Illinois where I grew up uh, as a teenager, as a, pretty much a country boy for that matter. Right. And mm-hmm. so that was jarring going from. Oh, how old were you when you moved from Chicago? 13. Mm-hmm. It had to be tough. It was different. <laughs> Culture shock. You yeah. go from, you know, having, uh, what is it, uh, Italian beef and Chicago-styled hot dogs mm. to Southern Illinois, you know, mm-hmm. God's country. Yeah, and they put ketchup on the hot dogs down oh, yeah, there. Well, yeah, they do. They do. They put ketchup on everything. <laughs> wow. They do. They have a ketchup, ketchup is good. Yeah. We have a ketchup, ketchup bottle. Ketchup, it's ketchup bottle. The farther oh, south you go, sale. the more ketchup is the thing, you <laughs> know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, but anyway, so, um, and then you told us earlier you had a job. Yes, yes. Uh, right out of junior college, I uh, was working at the Bunny Bread Factory in Cape Girardeau, which is a place where everybody should at least get a, <laughs> my, get a, get a summer you know, stint there. My kid loves Bunny Bread, and I yeah. should take her to the factory so she can see. Okay, going in, it was a big sale, though. I mean, all I saw were cinnamon rolls and bear claws, and I was like, hey, this is the job for me, you know? Yum. But uh, you'd go in there, and the first day of work, uh, my first assignment was to go outdoors and clean out the uh, the uh, dough bin. They called it the dough bin. It was in the summer, probably about July or August. It was really hot, and, and you'd go out there, and they open the door, and you just see what I would call the Pillsbury Doughboy on steroids because <laughs> all of the raw dough for, like, months after being gnawed on by rats and mice oh, and, oh, and oh. the mildew and the smell and the heat and the yeast. Need I go on? But yeah, so, so <laughs> And he, a shovel and a shovel. My trusty shovel is all I and had. So they say, uh, here you go. <laughs> yes. Here Muck you, that out. That's it. Clean it out and let's see how, how you're going to work, what kind of work ethic you're going to so have. So do you think they just kept that bin for the, for the new guy and that's I, its only purpose? I guarantee you it was a showstopper, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it really was. But, but you uh, survived. I did. Uh, I even surprised myself. I, I hung in there for the eight hours and got got her done, as they say. <laughs> and, um, and I had a job there for a while. So it's kind of fun. Where did you end up professionally, though? You know, uh, later on, I ended up 
having the fortune to start out with a, a couple of jobs with the state of Illinois. And my first job was as a correctional officer for the Department of Corrections at uh, wow. the uh, Graham Correctional Center in Hillsboro, if you know where that is, a little mm-hmm. small town in uh, central Illinois. Was that a, what, kind of, what kind of facility was that? It was a medium security yeah. uh, prison. It was brand new. I was probably one of the first hires to go in there. It was almost like a country club when you went in there. <laughs> Everything was brand new. And I mean, it was nice. I mean, not like what you would imagine right. prison to not be. Not Joliet. No. no. Of course, I say that with tongue firmly in cheek because prison is prison no matter yeah. where you are. You know, it's it's uh it didn't take long to figure out well maybe i don't want to do this forever you know? yeah and so how long did you spend a couple a, of years yeah. there i i did that and i can just remember some fun times there while i was there i met an inmate uh by the name of earl good he had a nickname as mongoose he was actually <laughs> he was actually a gang leader for the uh this gang called the Orukans, which was the second generation blackstone rangers from the south side of chicago mm-hmm. And uh, Mongoose, if you will, was in prison for probably, I think he had like about two or three hundred years on his time to do. Oh, wow. You know, because you can imagine all the uh, interesting things that he had done in his lifetime. And just sitting down, you know, talking with a guy like that affirms and confirms that maybe I'd like to do something else. Uh, (laughs) Start to question your own choices. As a career. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I did, uh, did uh, after doing my stint at Graham, and and no no pun intended, I uh, got a job with the Secretary of State's office as an investigator. And uh, they're kind of like the uh, Secretary of State's version of the Illinois State Police. Okay. But they like report- what kind of things did they you investigate? Well, they were actually uh, responsible at the time for regulating dealerships and uh, oh. salvage yards where you would go in and inspect those facilities and look at uh, car titles and things of that nature. And uh, you would also, in the good old days, when your driver's license was suspended or revoked, uh, the secretary would send us as a representative to go to the residence and actually collect those driver's licenses on person, 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 really kind of unique. Yeah. I imagine. Did you ever have to go in any of those calls? Yeah, I did. I did go in on a few. It was really, really kind of different, you know, I mean, <laughs> compared to how things are ran now electronically. And were you like a deputized police officer? Yes, I was. I was, uh, the secretary of state, uh, Police was a very, very uh, prestigious uh, group of guys. There were less, less than a hundred of us yeah. mm-hmm. that did that, and uh, that was, I guess, a stepping stone after a couple of years to uh, getting an opportunity to to get on with the Illinois State Police as a state trooper, which was kind of like my my all time dream to do. That was your. That's where you wanted to go. Yeah, that was yeah. my was my goal. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. I would visit uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, Skip Nelson, retired colonel. For the state police, he and I were kids, and he lived next door to my grandmother in uh, southern Illinois. When I would visit during the summer from Chicago, he and I would hang out while his dad was uh, a uh, state trooper. So watching his dad, you know, come home every day in that uh, squad car and shiny shoes and Smokey the Bear hat, (laughs) it didn't take long for me to think, hey, that's what I want to do someday. And uh, I was really fortunate that I got a chance to do that. So I want to hear stories about that about your time, but I but but you did your you did your stint and did and retired is that is that yeah right? I actually put in about yeah. twenty six years twenty six wow. yeah twenty six years it went by fast and um, seems like just yesterday I was getting out of the academy and wow. out of riot training that was week fifteen I'll never remember, forget that it was etched in my brain 
because part of uh, riot training, you had to go through uh, the gas chamber where they actually tear gassed you uh. <laughs> to let you know what it's like wow. if you're in a riot and tear gas is fired. Uh, so you'd know what it feels like. That's nice of them, I guess, to give you that experience. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you ever experience tear gas on the job? I never had it happen to me, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw it riot one time. Well, have, that'll be another episode. I'll tell you. If I... I can't wait. I'm I'm writing that down. <laughs> oh yeah. Peter's riot. As long as, as long as we don't have one breakout yes, right we now, we'll be okay. It'd be a small riot, you know. Very I, well. I think you'd win, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and you don't look like. You had 26 years. No, probably in. not, because I look so young. I yes, mean, that's what I'm saying. I dyed my hair gray, so you know, <laughs> give yourself some prestige. <laughs> there you go. And so, but so, and was being on the state police very different from being at the Secretary of State? Were you thrown into the fire there, like clean out the bread bowl? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I had. Hey, what's uh, the dough bin at the state troopers? <laughs> No, we we didn't have a dope in, but there were there were times I wished I had one to to go to and work. But no, it was a great experience. Uh, coming out of the academy, I was assigned to District Eleven in Collinsville, mm-hmm. and uh, being the being fortunate enough to get in the Metro East for the very first time, and being assigned to both rural communities in Madison County and of course St. Clair County, you get a chance to work uh, East St. Louis and some of the other metropolitan communities, which kind of gave you a variety of things to do. And I'll never forget it. I I probably had uh, just completed uh, field training, which you you had to be on field training for about, you know, 12 weeks or so, 12 or 14 weeks. And I I got done early, which was always a plus, because the sooner you can get done, it's like a pat on the back to yourself that, hey, you're doing a good job. So they released me in about 10 weeks. So I was like, getting a chance to go solo so that's nice. what that's like your your daydream and i'll never forget it just like it was yesterday I, I got up early and you know when you go on duty you actually just climb right into your squad car and you're in your office and you you go on the radio and you yeah you tell them hey i'm on the air and you take off and i couldn't wait i a beautiful day beautiful saturday the sun was shining the sky was blue birds were singing <laughs> I, I was just i couldn't wait to get to work i was young excited and, and I, then oh yeah then i got out on the internet state and I'll, I'll never forget this i got out on the interstate and what would you want to do if you were a state trooper first time by yourself solo i wanted to get in the median and i wanted to clock me a speeder <laughs> and catch somebody speeding and write him a ticket i'm sorry yeah forgive me if i'm offending anyone but anyway um i got out there and, sh- and sure enough i was sitting there and all of a sudden my radar goes off and you get kind of gets this loud crescendo buzz or beep you know when something is is coming in real fast and it was a truck driver, guys that I really, really, you know, it's like a truck driver and a state trooper is kind of like a dog chasing a cat, you know. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're buddies, are... but they're, you know, Tom and Jerry style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I pulled this truck driver over and uh, I followed all my procedures because I knew that they were, you know, I was being monitored by my supervisors. Let's see how Fogs is going to do today mm-hmm. and how, how, how everything's going to work we'll out. We'll that out. Yeah, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> see how he's going to do. Yeah. So anyway, I pulled the truck driver over, and I mean, I got out of my car, and I was standing up straight and tall. I mean, I was young and in shape, had a, mm-hmm. probably a body fat, of probably a single-digit body fat. <laughs> and I mean, my uniform was crisp and yeah. clean, shoes shiny, my Smokey the Bear hat. I mean, I had it tilted. Where just, you could just right. Oh, you could just barely see my eyes, you know. <laughs> 
And I walked up there and climbed up on the side of the truck, and I was like, hey, let me have your driver's license. I, I caught you speeding out here on my highway. What are you doing speeding on my highway? And, <laughs> and he's like, well, Trooper, I didn't realize I was going. You were going that fast. I was just cutting him off yeah. so fast. And I said, hey, give me your driver's license. I want your registration. I want your insurance card and, and your logbook. Yeah, I want to see that, too. Give me your logbook. And everything I could ask for, I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, you're not going to write me a ticket, are you? I said, yes, I am. And you stay in your seat and you don't leave until I come back. You sit right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Troop. I got out and I went back. And as I'm walking back to my squad car, you know, guess what happened? He pulled away. No, I'm locked out of my car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my car is gone. The lights are going. The lights are flashing. The red lights, blue lights are going. <laughs> Cars are going by, and it's almost surreal because I thought I was dreaming now. All of a sudden, you mean to tell me I'm locked out of my squad car, and this is my first day solo, oh my God. and I've got a call for help? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm like, beam me up, Scotty. Get me out of this one. You know, please help. Uh, you know, And if you were in Chicago and a kid, it would be Mr. Wizard, help me. Yeah. You know, get yeah. me out of this. Yeah. You, know, you remember that cartoon? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, my God, I'm locked out. What am I going to do? So... I stood there for a second and then, you know, panic set in because it dawned on me that if I don't respond like in, in a minute or two, I'm on a watchdog timer. Uh, they're going to start out. They're going to start calling me first mm. and I don't answer. I can hear the, the speaker, the PA system exterior. I could hear it, you know, ringing they're out. Gonna, oh. They're going to send everybody. Oh, yeah. oh they're going to send the, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick <laughs> maker. And, and then they're all going to get to laugh at yeah, you when they yeah. get there. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so what would you do if you were me? I turned around. I went back up, walked back up to the truck driver. I climbed up to the side of his truck and... He looks over at the window, rolls his window down, and I said, yes. I said, sir, I, I really, you forgive me, I forgot to tell you how much I really respect and admire <laughs> truck drivers, you know. And he says, you're locked out of your car, aren't you? <laughs> I said, oh, my God. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm like, he said, well, what are you going to do, Trooper? They're going to, he says, uh, can you call in and have them come and get you? I said, no, it doesn't work like that. We've got to get in this car, and we got to get in here fast. I said, do you have, That's you know, a clothes hanger or anything? a piece of wire or something I could get in here he says well I don't know let me look and he looks in the back of his truck in his sleeper he can't find anything and finally he digs through his toolbox and he comes up with a little spring like for some door or whatever it was mm -hmm. and I was like give me that he says you can get in there with that I said yeah I was I'm born on the south side of Chicago <laughs> I said I'm from Chicago I can get in there I can get in there so make a long story short I got in there and I told him hey this one's on me and have a nice day and I'm telling you did you, you tell what, him it was your first day on the job did you tell him yeah that? yeah i did i did he just laughed i said from now on this day forward i will always keep a spare in my front pocket and from then on i kept a spare spare key that's, but that's what a way to start it. what a way to start well i'll keep you humble right oh yeah I mean, yeah. yeah everybody needs a day like that every yeah. now and then you yeah know? i was a little cocky to start off and, and but you made it back before they sent in oh yes the yes that's the good news yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that's like one of those boo-boos you make and, and yeah, you know, it's learn, you little learn. egg on your face, yeah, but exactly. no, no one has Nobody's to. Nobody's hurt. Yeah. Nobody well, hurt. <laughs> I'm imagining being the trucker sitting there and then you're thinking, oh, this is an opportunity. You know, I, I think I'm <laughs> yeah. going to get out of this yeah. ticket, but I also, I don't want to aid in a bet breaking into <laughs> a police car. Well, you're see, I bet if it had been me, I would have been watching you in my rear view and I would have watched <laughs> you go back behind <laughs> yeah. my truck, try your car. 
and stand there for a second and then realize and i yeah so he put it together pretty oh fast, yeah yeah he yeah, did i yeah. got in there so fast yeah. it made his head swim yeah. he says i can't believe you got in that car that fast <laughs> well i was like i told him that was another life another time so mm-hmm. you know but I had, you know, quite a few uh, stories with, with truck drivers, I know. I bet. Oh, yeah, yeah. In well, fact, yeah. when I came out of the academy and, uh, and finally uh, got going good, I got a chance to work undercover at a truck stop, mm-hmm. you know, which is yeah. totally, totally different from, from my background. I mean, my, my grandmother was a God-fearing Christian woman. My mom, they raised us in church, and you never got a chance to do anything, you know out of whack or out of line so here i get an opportunity to work undercover wow. as, as uh you know a truck driver posing for a prostitute mm-hmm. so wow. <laughs> so one of the local truck stops so what do they do they outfit me with everything i got I was gonna say I, what did you wear yeah, yeah i got i got cowboy boots i got <laughs> uh, uh you know big uh 10 gallon hat your, and everything your, your body Stetson. fat count was a problem oh, for yeah. the average <laughs> truck driver yeah right? yeah that that tipped off a couple of people. I'll bring that up in a minute. But I had a truck. I had all of that stuff. So I posed for, you know, get on the CB. And I parked my truck there and, and just kind of sat in the truck and waited for, you know, some visitors. <laughs> and the visitors came. <laughs> yes. It wasn't long. There was a rap on the door, you know. And I uh, got a visitor. And the first one that came by, her name was uh, 38 Special. Oh, yeah, I was like, hello, come on in here, darling. You know, I told her, come on in. I tried to put on my yeah. Southern Illinois accent and everything, you know, and and we teased around a little bit. And she says, uh, after we kind of talked, she says, she says, uh, she says, you're not a, she says, you're not a police officer, are you? I said, why would you ask me something like that? She says, I don't know. You just seem awfully nice. You look awfully, awfully neat and dressed. You sure you're a truck driver? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a truck driver. What do you got? And we basically exchanged information. And uh, later when I saw her at, at, at the, um, you know, the arrest, when, when they finally picked her up, and she says, I knew there was something about you that wasn't right. She says, I should have known. You were too clean cut. And so you didn't do the arrest. No, no. You I, just negotiated. Yeah, I negotiated the fee. And the then fee, she left. Right. For services, yeah. Okay. One yeah. might ask. So, <laughs> now, so that, that brings up a question I've always had about police work, though. It's Uh-oh. like she asked you yeah. if you were a policeman and you didn't say no. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't realize it, especially even if you're interviewing a, a suspect or whatever, you can legally tell them something that's not exactly the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You, know, you don't you don't know that, but you I can didn't legally know. do that. Yeah, okay, you sure can. Yeah, well, I, I always <laughs> thought it was like George Washington. It's like they're not allowed to tell a lie. They're totally no, allowed, <laughs> especially when you're undercover. Yeah. I mean, because if they weren't, if then say, every single person you met, you'd be, are you a cop? Yeah, you said like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah. cop. Well, let me politely <laughs> knock you in the head and take your gun from you. You know. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, that's probably. I mean, I had some really interesting experiences as I was telling you. I came from humble beginnings and. Uh, the very first assignment I had undercover was at one of the local strip joints, if you could believe that. I, well, I can't believe it. Well, well, what, well, I mean, what could possibly be happening in a strip joint that would require? Well, something that really shocked me. I had only seen myself maybe without clothes on a few times <laughs> up until then. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't know what to think when I went in there. You know, I mean, I, I, all I was told to do is myself and other officer go there. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to talk to anybody. 
uh, you know, you don't have to take any action, just observe and, and take notes so you can write a report later, you know. And I mean, and the two of us and myself and the other officer were standing side by side and I was watching and I was looking and my my chin dropped open and I was like, I'm, I'm afraid that my mom's got to be able to see me now. I'm like looking over my shoulder saying, oh, man, what a deal. I mean, the things that, that go on there that you wouldn't imagine, you know. Right. But you were at work. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking only in America can you get a job and yeah. they pay you to do that. To go you know? to strip joint. I mean, who would, who would imagine, you know. What a deal! It's usually, it's the other way around. You, they're expensive. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just talking oh, from going to bachelor parties. No, that's all. No I know. doubt. Yeah, I have no. I plead the fifth on mm-hmm. on this one. So, and can, I, as an aside, in college, we took one of our roommates to Big Al's in Peoria. Well, that's Very almost famous. like a strip club, isn't it? Yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we walk in, and there were women there, and he had an asthma attack. <laughs> And it was it was too much. And, it was too much for him yeah, to handle. Yeah, and so you know, but he had his inhaler. I do believe if you know, memory is hazy a little bit. But we we actually stayed there for a while. You know, we didn't have to immediately leave or go to the hospital. He, like, oh, excuse me, there, honey. Yeah. I gotta, gotta, yeah, exactly. I'll be right with you. He was, he was very smooth. It was like a Woody smooth. Allen movie. Oh, yes. I hate it when that happens. I hate oh, it when yeah. that happens. It was great, terrific. Memory. Just when you think you've seen everything. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so twenty six years yeah. as a trooper, mm-hmm. and um, so you start off doing traffic stops. Yes, yes. And then where did it, where do you go as as you know? What are the well? What I does had, rank entitle yeah. you to? Where, yeah, what is as, the as everyone path? who comes in, you know, with the Illinois State Police starts at the street level. You have to be a road troop, and, and of course. It's a full-service agency where they have their own forensic science lab and administration and investigations and all of these other venues that you can go into as a part of your career. And um, I decided to uh, go into training and development, and I uh, got into the D.A.R.E. program, in fact, and became one of the first D.A.R.E. officers in the Metro East, yeah. Hmm. So did you program. go to a lot of did you go to a lot of all the schools then? Yeah, the I did. Metro I, East I, I sure did. I, I got a chance to huh. go to different uh, communities and different schools: East St. Louis, Edwardsville. That's great work. Southern Illinois, all all places. And I actually got in training where we were one of five training centers where our department or our agency went across the country training other you know, police yeah. departments to yeah. do it. There's a lot. I mean, I don't, you know, if I ask something that's too political, you just oh yeah, you raise your hand and say, "Ouch, I don't want it." But I mean, there's a lot of talk now about how um, you know where where drug policy how it should be enforced, and if we're gone too far and far in, in, in favor of incarceration or mm-hmm. or not. And there, so you know, what do you, you know? Do you think that a program like Dare was? I mean, you did it. You feel like it was, you know, a, a good approach, and it and it paid benefits and paid you know dividends to the community or yeah. do you think there's better ways to do it now in hindsight or well I, I think it was effective at the time you know drug abuse resistance education was key to young people yeah. at that very uh you know tender age you know when they're most influenced and Absolutely. when they're kind of learning who they are and de- decision making and how to handle pressure i really think that awareness level of education was effective for them because i've met students that i i trained and taught years ago that are now very successful adults 
and they tell you, hey, you know, I really remember that dare class. Yeah, and, you know, and you of course, you, you'd have to be prepared for just about anything when you would be in the classroom. It was not unusual to even get a disclosure about abuse or, or things like that while you were in the, close, the classroom with a fifth or sixth grader. Wow. Because wow. they trusted their dare officer. They really looked up right, to you, believed right. in you. They would confide in you. you yeah, know, they I saw, saw you this as a mentor. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But wow. uh, I thought it was really effective. You could have never told me that, uh, fast forward into the future, that we would have the issues that we do about, you know, even medical marijuana and things like that uh, today. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We just had a big discussion about medical marijuana and that's really all i can say right now i think so i should i shouldn't have even said that right i i mean at home with my wife yeah that's what we were talking about of course not at work i I went to a dinner party with the well never i shouldn't say anything either yeah never mind we're all getting into trouble we all have stories that we probably shouldn't tell you know what other what you know what other uh tales of war stories uh do you remember? Uh, you know, you told us the one about the went your first, your first uh, caper that uh, went terribly uh, awry. Yeah, I guess sometimes you have to kind of laugh at yourself. Uh, and yeah. and I, I think the reason I share stories like that is to let everybody know that we're all human. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you have to to sometimes be lighthearted and just kind of pick yourself yeah. up, dust yourself off, yeah, and go again. Or use humor sometimes to just kind of you know you know. Ease the pain. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know I yeah, had definitely. I had a buddy of mine uh, who was, uh, was kind of like, you know, my mentor encouraging me to, uh, to test and get on the state police. And I had, uh, he was really proud of me finally when I got on. And, and I was excited that one day he, des- he decided, hey, I'm going to come, come down and uh, get permission and ride with you, you know, and go out with you and everything. So I was like, well, I got to clean my car up. And I had it spotless and wanted to really impress him because he was a veteran and I was, you know, brand new. And he came, came one afternoon and rode with me on the evening shift. And we jumped in the car and I was all excited and trying to remember everything. I mean, cause you know, you got a gazillion pieces of equipment and mm-hmm. folders and, and you're books. trying to be by the book oh i'm trying to be by the book you know so i'm loading everything up and, and in a hurry and and trying to remember take off from my apartment that's probably a good 23 24 years old we take off and we're riding down the belt line and um all of a sudden i see a car kind of pull up beside me next to me and you know looking over trying to get my attention and it looked like uh one of my younger brother's college buddies or something, you know, I'm like saying, you know, he's probably sees, sees me in my car and just trying to say hello. But no, every time I would kind of speed up and get away from him, he'd speed up alongside of me and he kept motioning towards me and, and pointing and so forth. And I'm like, what on earth is this kid? One, I, we're trying to get, get to work. I got my buddy here with me and now I've got to pull over to see what he wants. So when he, I did, I pulled over and I was like, oh my goodness, what could this all be about? You know, and I walked back to him and I was like, yeah, what's, what's going on? He says, I didn't know if you, if you, you, you knew there's something on top of the hood of your, <laughs> your squad car. And I was like, I looked back over my shoulder, and there was my my shotgun in the case on top. <laughs> oh of my the, god! On top of the squad car, and I said, that rookie of mine, I'm, I'm training, is riding with me, and everything. I've got to get him straightened out. Uh, thanks, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. See you later. Take care. And I went back. So I, I took the shotgun off, put it in the back seat, everything. And uh, my buddy says, Hey, what was that all about? I said, Oh, I just told him I was, you know, you were being trained, and I was doing a very fine job of training you. you know, so. 
Oh, my goodness. Talk, George. I'm going to work on the our outro music because, believe it or not, we're – I Yeah. Time okay. is – Oh, so, it's over? Yeah, it's we're, over. we're there. We, we blew through it. But while he's getting that up, one time when, like, I don't I, – you know, a scary moment or a moment sure. where your adrenaline happened? Oh, boy. can tell you about that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, quick example. I was working uh, the midnight shift, working in the city of East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, a night when there were very few cars on duty, you know, like minimum staffing, just enough yeah. troopers to you – know, we were spread out because, you know, uh, unlike a municipal officer, you might have two or three officers in one village, one city as a trooper. You could be the only trooper in the county yeah. or one or two of you spread it out, you know, miles apart. And uh, I was in East St. Louis. I was, I was brand new, hadn't been working very long. And I got into a chase. And guys, you know, running from me or whatever, you know. So obviously, you know, first thing you would assume, it's a stolen car and I'm trying to get the plate and I'm chasing these guys and they're driving at a high rate of speed. Next thing you know, they turn off the main drag and they're going down streets and and so forth. And and I didn't realize at that time there's so many of the streets didn't even have street signs on them. So mm-hmm. here I am on, on Isburn on the emergency channel trying to tell the dispatcher where I'm going, what direction, and giving a description of the vehicle and you're trying to – you know, talk, use the radio, drive, and you 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 just have to you know be very multitask oriented, mm-hmm. and still trying to uh, keep up with the vehicle. So next thing you know, they turn down an alley. They're going about fifty, sixty miles an hour. Dust is flying everywhere, and I finally, you know, they they get backed into a dead end street. It's two o'clock, two or three o'clock in the morning. It's dark. I have absolutely no idea where I am, mm. and my heart's beating a <laughs> hundred miles an hour, and then trying to wait on backup and these guys are jumping around in the car and they're reaching and grabbing stuff and everything. And I've got to try to take control of the scene or whatever. And I jump out of the vehicle and I take my, my pistol out low profile, which, you know, and I don't know if this is what they do today. I think we would probably be on CNN news, but I take my pistol out and I have it low profile to the side of me and I go up to the car and, um, I basically yell at the top of my voice that, hey, guys, I just got out of the academy, and I'm nervous, and I'm scared, and I'll probably shoot the first one of you by accident that doesn't do what I tell you to do. So I'm not kidding. That's a great line. And they were like, sir, yes, sir, whatever you want, you know, whatever you need, you know, give him what he needs. Don't get him excited. I was like, I'm not kidding you. You know, until my backup comes, you guys better do what I tell you to do. That's a great line. Wow. It's dark, and you're just like, you know, that's the thing. You walk up to a car. You just don't know what you're going to walk into. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I know it's just like a intense moment with yeah, people was, doing police work, yeah. but it's scary. Oh yeah, you could you pucker up every once in a while, <laughs> but uh, you know you just I, I can't say you get used to it, but you get a sixth sense when something's not yeah. exactly how it should be. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. kind of feel or sense, hey, maybe I need to be careful, or maybe this is one I just need to just kind of wait or or let it go till I'm in a better situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Judgment. Lots of judgment. Indeed. Wow. All right. You know, I, we are out of time. That's it. We did it. It is. It was pretty pain. pain. I, I think oh, we yeah. should do a, a three more half hour episodes. <laughs> Easy. But thanks so much to Rand for coming Thank in. You, oh, yeah, Thank you, Rand. Thank uh, you. This has been Thank True Baloney. We're going to come back at you very soon again with uh, a very famous guest. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're making this up <laughs> right now, but is. that's going to happen. Who that person is yet, but <laughs> his name is Peter Palermo. <laughs> and uh, follow no us on Twitter at no True Baloney. 
we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. Thanks. Bye. We'll talk to you later.